KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. As the COVID 19 pandemic continues, more and more people are dealing with long term symptoms and problems as a result of the virus. We wanted to find out what we've learned about what these long haulers are going through. So we reached out to Dr. Annette Raboli. She is a professor of medicine with a discipline in infectious diseases. She is also the dean of the Cooper Medical School of Rowan University. Give a listen. In all the discussions of COVID-19, there's obviously a lot of talk about the number of infections, and unfortunately, there's a lot of talk about just how many people have died of this. But then there's kind of in the middle, there's what's being termed these long haulers, these people that that have been sick for a long time. Talk a little bit about what you're learning, what we are all learning about these long haulers, and how would you kind of define who is one of these quote-unquote long haulers? I would say that there are a couple of groups of patients, okay? So before we talk about the long haulers, let's talk about other types of patients. There are patients who have had very severe COVID, hospitalized in the ICU on respirators. Their various organs in their body, their lungs, their heart, their kidneys may be affected. They've been on a... uh, ventilator, respirator for a prolonged period of time. For that group of patients, it's expected that they will need a recuperation period. They're not going to get better very quickly. They've had sequelae and complications. Those patients will need a rehabilitation. They've lost muscle strength, and that is expected, and that could take weeks to months. In addition, with viral infections in general, historically, there have been individuals who, after a viral infection, have had other symptoms, mainly fatigue, overwhelming fatigue, difficulty with thinking, not getting back to their baseline. The long haulers are coming into the latter group. Uh, Many of these are people who were not hospitalized. There are some studies that have been done in Italy and in Ireland as well. Studies that had, you know, 150, 200, maybe 300 patients. These are individuals who you would have expected would have recovered by now. They are weeks to months out. Some of them had never had to go to the hospital. They recuperated at home. They never required any type of therapy. Yet they're having persistence of a feeling of a lack of wellness. Fatigue seems to be the major symptom. Some of them have residual cough, chest pains, muscle aches, and this uh, sensation of brain fog uh, where uh, they can't focus They're having difficulty with their thinking, with their memory. And these symptoms are, of course, very disconcerting to people. It it appears that COVID is not this binary illness where you're sick and then you're better and uh, then it becomes history. So this group uh, is now the subject of a lot of interest and the CDC is doing studies Other groups have been generating databases of individuals uh, with symptoms as well, with these uh, these, uh, longstanding symptoms. Uh, Well after 
the illness uh, should be over. You know, you can no longer uh, detect active COVID uh, infection, active SARS-CoV-2 in these patients. So these are people who should be better. And it crosses age groups. It, uh, you know, it, uh, so it's, it's mystifying in this regard. It's not just very elderly people or very, very sick people, people with mild disease. No one seems to know why this is happening. You kind of referenced this earlier. It sounds like the idea of, of something like this happening long term, it's not unprecedented, but the scale we're seeing, this is this. Is this the scary part or is it just so many people have been infected, you take that percentage and it's just such a big number because we've had so many infections? Kind of where does this fall on that scale of how unusual this is? So uh, the estimate, the estimate that's generally given right now is about 10 percent of uh, COVID infected patients are now called long haulers. Other terms have been used and sort of an analogy to other entities. Dr. Fauci this summer compared it to the myalgic encephalomyelitis slash chronic fatigue syndrome group. Others uh, are using other terms, systemic exertional intolerance. Some have had said that there are symptoms similar to autonomic nervous system dysfunction. But I think that we're at such a fledgling stage. You know, there are these theories and hypotheses that people are formulating, but no one knows the real answer at this time. No one says this is the cause of it. You know, it it, it is a a persistence because of an activation of something within the person's body, you know, and it may be part of their immunological response, uh, et cetera, to this. Nobody really knows. It warrants investigation. And anybody who is having these prolonged symptoms after they should recover, you should recover. If you have mild illness, you should recover in a week, two weeks. You should be better and able to go back to you know working and living your life. This is also a quality of life issue for people. So anyone who has these persistent symptoms should see their physician. And their physician will pursue a workup to see if there are other causes besides COVID or a sequelae that could be treated. If there's damage to the heart muscle, that could be treated. If there's damage to the lungs, that could be treated. If there's damage to the kidneys, you know, that could also be monitored and, uh, you know, addressed over time. So that's why I think it's important to seek medical care. There have even been some patients with these symptoms who were found as an aside to have some kind of nutritional deficiency that could be addressed or they're found to be anemic. So I think it's very important as a message to your viewers that uh, they do seek medical care and not just suffer in silence uh, just in case there is something right now that can be addressed. From the point of view of the medical community, when we talk about these long haulers and the fact that it doesn't, for lack of a better term, make sense, that it's all over the age spectrum, that it's both genders, across races, comorbidities, everything. How frustrating slash alarming is that? 
So I think it's always a concern because people are suffering with this and uh, we don't know how long this will last. You know, we're just going to be in about a month or two approaching uh, the real recognition of the pandemic. So in some of the studies, they have followed these folks out weeks or months, but we don't know the full extent of this. Now, there does seem to be a preponderance among women with this. And, you know, that brings up another issue as well. You know, perhaps some bias, perhaps some medical gaslighting, if you, you know, if, with that term uh, that may happen. But the idea is to believe the patient, investigate, and, you know, we anxiously await more studies of this. Uh, we're starting to see them coming up out of other countries but nobody has yet to be able to really give a good case definition, to define it, to say it's caused by this or by that. And I think it's an issue of supporting these patients through their illness. These symptoms are very real and they impact uh, the health and well-being of individuals. Earlier in the conversation, you talked about, you know, what people are dealing with with these long haulers. Are we getting an idea? Are there the most common symptoms or most common problems that are the most likely that will linger for the people that have lengthy problems? Yes. Fatigue seems to be one of the cardinal lingering symptoms. And, you know, as you look at studies in different countries and different studies that have come up or even some surveys, there are some advocacy groups uh, that have done surveys. And it, it's hard to sort out, but I would say the, the cardinal symptoms have been fatigue, sometimes overwhelming fatigue. In some situations, a sensation of shortness of breath or palpitations. In other situations, this brain fog. And all of these are things that uh, prevent people from pursuing their previous state of good health. They uh, many people can not work, so it brings up an issue of disability from this. Uh, many people become profoundly depressed or anxious about their symptoms. So uh, I'm very glad that this is being examined and studied. As we're talking about this, it seems to me, I mean, there's the tragedy of death, and there's the emotional tragedy. Everybody's had to deal with this, but there's going to be this group, this this long hauler, and it's not going to be a small group that we're probably, I don't want to say have to, we're probably going to have to help as a society. And on a much smaller scale, could it be similar to what we saw with 9-11, where there was a group of first responders that needed help, but this could be on a, on a grander scale, because like you said, if these people, and we don't know yet, but if they can't return to the life they knew before, you know, if that means they can't work, stuff like that. Is it too early to know that? But could we be seeing something that's going to require large-scale help? I think it's too early to know that. But I think this should be thought about and, you know, people start thinking about solutions. Certainly the medical and scientific community uh, through, uh, through the CDC and other groups that are studying this are, are very, very interested, you know, in addressing this particular issue. 
Now, for some symptoms, sometimes uh, even if a cause isn't found, and this is just a general medical statement, you could do symptomatic therapy of the symptoms. So for example, if somebody becomes profoundly depressed over this or anxious, that could be addressed with some interventions, both pharmacologic or non-pharmacologic interventions that can be done to help patients through. Sometimes with, uh, with fatigue, schedules can be adjusted. A work schedule could be adjusted that helps somebody get back to this. Uh, but I, I'm hoping, you know, as a physician and scientist that we're able to ultimately say the cause is this, the cause is that. And I think that when people do know the cause of something, they're better able to cope with it. The unknown frequently uh, causes a lot of fear and consternation for people. Uh, and especially if somebody goes to their physician if they're, and physicians are honest with them and say, we don't know. Generally, if physician also tags on, we don't know, but we're going to keep working on this and try to help you, that reassures the patient as well. But it's the unknown about this that is very disconcerting for people who are suffering from this. You know, it's enough to get COVID and survive it, but then to have to deal with this adds another layer of concern for people. Uh, so we'll have to see how this goes. Right now, the estimate is, as I said, about 10% or so of the population. Some of the cardinal symptoms we know, we seem to know at this time, but I think more will be forthcoming about this topic. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.